Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Today's episode is brought to you by ModMed. Do your EHR and PM adapt to your style of practice? The ModMed EHR and PM do, with benefits like remembering preferences and automatically suggesting documentation and billing codes. Urologists voted ModMed the number one urology-specific EHR and PM solution available, built by urologists with input from yours truly. Stop wasting 60 minutes and 200 for each of your open or no-show slot. Go to modmed.com slash prsnetwork. Set up an appointment with the team at ModMed Urology and shift your urology practice into high gear. Imagine a solution on a tablet or the web that works seamlessly with revenue cycle management, analytics, telehealth, payment processing, patient engagement tools, and much more. ModMed is transforming healthcare by placing doctors and patients at the center of care. Welcome to episode 123 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And we wanted to wish you happy Thanksgiving. So this is going to be released the day after Thanksgiving. So hopefully you all have had your uh, a great Thanksgiving Day dinner and are enjoying leftovers. So uh, we wanted to make this episode a little... uh, a little lighter and we'll cover um we did want to cover one question but uh you know our our thanksgivings uh have always been uh you know about family and getting together and all that stuff but uh you know as uh as all being in the business we couldn't help but uh talk a little bit about coding and and the business and side of uh medicine sitting around the table uh Mark Ray, what what do you remember? What's your what's your thoughts on Thanksgiving in the in the painter household? Go for it, Mark. <laughs> yeah, you beat me to the punch. I was going to let you, as the you know <laughs> patriarch of the family, discuss things first. But all right, I'll go first. And, well, yeah, thanks. Like at dinner, I usually clean it all up. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think mom would argue with you there. Um, and, uh, <laughs> no, he meant cleaning his plate. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So th- you know, Thanksgiving was uh, was definitely a lot of fun. We all uh, there were there were many times when we were we would start out, you know, toward as we all got older in different cities, trying to get into the into. Uh, into the same location whenever we could and then over the years um we've ended up not having as many full family thanksgiving dinners um uh you know the we the christmas was more the full on thing but um i do remember uh of course i think mom the the whole cornbread stuffing versus regular stuffing is a big issue in our mm-hmm. house so <laughs> We usually had to have both. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I 
Were you pausing or were you finished? I was pausing. You go ahead. <laughs> well, I I was grow I grew up uh, it, having a big Thanksgiving dinner, and in the South it was all cornbread dressing, and we had it both at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. So I really enjoyed the full. Uh, of course, all of the turkey and everything, and uh, and Lynn is an excellent cook. Uh, grew up in Wisconsin, and her dressing was always the uh, the the northern type dressing. So yes, we did have to have both, and we won't mention the two gravies we have, to have. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> At any rate, when we were about, uh, the kids were still young, I think in a range of nine uh, and a little younger, we found out they didn't really enjoy all of that as much as we did. So we quit having it for Christmas, but we still <laughs> had it for Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to uh, save yeah. the great gravy debate for an, uh, later next year's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was definitely once a year was good with most of us for a full Thanksgiving dinner. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's answer one of the a quick question and then we'll let everybody get back to their uh, their Thanksgiving weekend. OK, uh, we had an interesting question come in and. Uh, it was from Trey, and he asked, how does one code this? Uh, this? I performed a penectomy. Now the patient is in the global period, but I would like to counsel and set up for a groin dissection. Is the counseling for the groin dissection within the global period free care, or is there some way to get to, to code or for or get paid for this visit separately within the global period using the same diagnos diagnosis code for penile cancer? All right. What do you think? So I um so I would say that um I don't see how this could be um that evaluation and management visit could be charged as unrelated. Um this is the you know really related uh to the disease state. Um you know the margins probably didn't come back as clean as they would like and now you're talking to the patient about a broader uh, operation related to the same issue. So, um, in looking at this one, I, you know, I, I think that the the Medicare argument would be that uh, you are paid for this, so it's not free care. In that it's covered in the global period, which includes follow up which in some cases is fairly easy in other cases requires more work. So um, they would, they would say that you have already been paid for it in their generous payment to you for their <laughs> penectomy already. So um, they're there. They would say it's included care rather than free care. Um, and I understand why, why that is not <laughs> what Trey's thinking. Um, <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I think that discussion is is absolutely related to the procedure, um, and I don't think that that would be something you could separately charge for. 
Ray? I'm going to go down a different road, but come up with the same conclusion. When you see something like this, excuse me, I always look at it to see whether, you know, this is a part of the routine postoperative or if this is something unique and are what I would call an exception to the global. And I think this is an exception to the global from the standpoint that this is something you did not intend to do, but now you're going to because the disease process was greater than it, uh, it you you thought, or else we assume you'd have done the groin dissection at the same time. But there is no way to get you paid because the only way you can get paid is with a 24 modifier and you do need a separate diagnosis. So the bottom line, you probably should be paid because it is extra work. It's not routine post-op, but you can't get paid. And so I agree with Mark. All right. Very good. Well, I think we answered that question and, uh, Want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving weekend. Mark, final thoughts? Yeah, I, I um, you know, at the I've been, because of the time of year, uh, when the final rule comes out, and I've been spending a lot of time looking at RVUs um, across the board, um, I've definitely been, you know, I, I, and this happens to me every year, I start looking at the, at the intent of the RVUs and and how they are really in you know intended to look at the average case and that there is no two cases that come out the same and you know it does get back to reflecting on you know what is average and what is not and how broad is average when you look at all of the the work that is done and there are you know that's where we spend a lot of our time in the nuances of when we should look beyond where we are and when we can't. So um, I, I think that that looking at and thinking about where uh, the the average is, which is a range um, from some cases are less and some cases are more, that we've we've got to take those nuances into account as all of these uh, various uh, payers are using computer-assisted coding to review more and more notes. So we need clinical uh, support and clinical uh, documentation that really does uh, address some of those nuances in order to get paid more for those cases that are well above and beyond um, what the average is, you know, I've, I've kind of always said that, you know, 22 modifier gets used at one and a half and greater. Um, so there, there's a range and, and ultimately that's where kind of those RVUs are, which maybe is a little more philosophical than you were looking for, but that's kind of where my head is these days with all the RVU stuff I've been doing. All right, Ray. Well, Mark, I think your head is right where it should be because you do have a global period and you have been paid for everything you normally would do in the global, 
but it's the exceptions you need to look for and those things that truly are exceptions to the things that are paid in the global. And again, the devil is in the detail and be sure that you recognize the exceptions and you fully document those exceptions. But then at times you just have to give up because the coding rules are set where at times you can't get paid even if it is an exception. All right. Okay, let's wrap uh, this episode up here. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we wish you all the best. Take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juicery.